Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Brodo Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm your host, Tim Petrop, here with the only two twins that are looking tan like Stanley Danielson in a pan of Fran fries. Yes, that's Honestly, not, my not life goal fries. has always been to be as tan as Stanley Danielson right? in a pan of Fran fries. <laughs> um, we got a show for you guys today. Uh, I would say, yeah, it's a great show. You know what? I'm going to go out on a limb here and say it's a great show for you guys today. We have, of course, the blockbuster signing that took place uh, just yesterday. Camerneth Newtonith over to the Patriots. Um, And we also have a fun game for you called Would You Rather, where we're going to take two guys of similar stature and of similar positions and going in... Similar ADP. Right. Going in the same place ADP-wise... And tell you who we would rather have. So, without any further ado, let's get it started. The Brodo Fantasy Football Podcast begins now. Welcome back to the Brodo Fantasy Football Podcast presented by BrotoFantasy.com. I'm your host, Tim Petrop, with my brothers, the only two twins that give you double that fantasy goodness, Michael and Jason Petrop. Before we get started, we just want to remind you, Patreon.com slash BrotoFantasy is where you can find all the extra content. We're going to be recording another extra episode immediately after this one is over, so stay tuned uh, for that, and go, please, uh, contribute to the Patreon. Uh, you can get a lot of stuff that's not Patreon-related as well at BrotoFantasy.com, the hub for everything Broto Fantasy. There you can find our exclusive proprietary stat, true throw value and true target value, which finally quantifies the value of a target and of a throw in fantasy football. So you never have to be left, be left, wor- be left excuse me, wondering, again, what your player is capable of if he gets X amount of targets. Brought to you by Jason, the genius mind himself, so for future Supreme Court du- justice, Jason Petropoulos. Yo, how fire would that be, though? SCOTUS. Future Daniel Tannenson. <laughs> Dan- no, Dan... Well, I forgot the name now. I don't remember the name. He was a tan dude. <laughs> <laughs> um, speaking of cool dudes... I don't know why I got cool. You said tan, but I'm going with cool anyway. Um, Cam Newton, who on Twitter and Instagram decides that he's going to like probably takes way too long on all his posts because he decides he's going to like write every letter in like this hieroglyphics. Yeah, like in this random form that makes like it's it's weird. I mean, it makes sense, but yo, he puts way too much. Well, effort how does it make that. sense? Oh, like you could read it. Like you could read it. It makes sense. And like it, it, I mean, it adds a couple bells and whistles, but it's basically the same. Anyway, um, he's going to a place that probably appreciates bells and whistles the least of any team in the world. And that is the new England Patriots. So all you Jed- Jared Stidham truth truthers out there, <coughs> me, um, sorry. Uh, it's going to have to wait at least one more year for you to wait for your Stidham to take over the helm. But or one more game. So Cam Newton signs in a heavily incentive-laden deal, according to Adam Schefter. He got some, uh, he got some offers from the Bengals, like an outside offer. But it was really the Patriots were the only offer that was really on the table for him. Um, Bill Belichick pulls a Bill Belichick and waits it out and waits it out and waits it out and finally gets his man. And teams out there who signed guys like who traded for like Nick Foles, like the Bears. Um, definitely probably kicking themselves with this one, but we're a fantasy show and we want to focus on fantasy. 
And Cam the Bears Newton, are not kicking themselves for trading for Nick Foles. Right. If they wanted Again, Cam Newton, they would have signed Cam Newton. I, I disagree. I think that they thought that he would have just been too much money for them, and they went with Foles instead. No. Nah. I disagree. Nah. Anyway, nah. agree to disagree. I just want to say this. There seems to be people in this world who think this is going to be a quarterback battle, and that's just hysterical. Yeah, I, like I think— I think it's Cam. All right, so let's let's get it started then, Michael. What do you think about the Cam Newton signing, and do you think it's a good signing for the Patriots? And what do you think of the family fantasy implications? Look, you know, me and Jason have always thought Cam Newton was overrated, like as an actual quarterback. Like even when he was a fantasy stud and won MVP, it was because he was so effective on the ground, and his main target was Christian McCaffrey out of the backfield. That year he won MVP, he had Ted Ginn as his like leading receiver, and he had flex appeal every now and then. But basically, you couldn't start any of their wide receivers. So I don't think this is good for the the Patriots offense. I don't think it really makes that much of a difference, really. Except maybe for James White. Maybe he'll get more receptions out of the backfield. But honestly, Cam Newton, if he's just Cam Newton again, like a lesser version of what he was when he won MVP, he's going to score a bunch of fantasy points because he's going to be using his legs and scoring touchdowns on the ground and spreading the ball between five different players and they're never really going to be startable every single week. I think this has fantasy implications all around. And I disagree with you for to say that there's no fantasy appeal for the, I think the fantasy appeal of the wide receivers is, is higher than what Jared did. I'm going to, I'm not going to go out and be a Nikhil Harry or a Julian Edelman owner right off the bat, but to say that they don't have bigger appeal with Cam Newton than with Jared Stidham All right, is let me a mistake change my in my opinion. Tone a little bit. I'm not saying obviously it's better than with Jared Stidham. I just think if this is going to boost their ADPs, then I still want nothing to do with them because they're going to be super inconsistent, just as the entire Carolina team was when Cam was the MVP. I do like James White though. Have- I like James White. Cam Newton historically 20% of his passes have gone to the running backs. Um, Cam Newton is really good at pre-snap reads, and that's something that people don't understand about Cam Newton. Um, he's very good at that, and that's what he's going to be asked to do in a Bill Belichick system. So I think that Cam Newton has fantasy appeal uh, for the Patriots. I think that James White, his stock was way down, and I think he goes back to the average stock that he had uh, with Tom Brady. Uh, I When I say his stock goes up, I mean... It goes up from what it would have been before with Stidham rather than what it was last year with Brady. I think it kind of levels out. And I think that uh, Sonny Michel, it's going to be hard to think that he's going to have any type of fantasy relevance whatsoever because... His red zone attempts are going to be down now too. Exactly. Because if I'm Bill Belichick, my best runner at the goal line is Cam Newton. Jason, what are your thoughts on this? I was going to say, it's like when Cam was a quarterback for the Panthers. Mock me all you want, but when he was a quarterback, McCaffrey wasn't scoring touchdowns. And when Michelle's obviously not McCaffrey, he's not, she's, she, I said, he's not even going to catch passes. So Michelle's kind of useless. I see your point with James White. I think that James White was going to be a PPR flex option, no matter what, um, just because of how that Belichick offense runs. And even if Stidham was a quarterback, rookie quarterbacks like dump offs, uh, not rookies, but you know, young quarterbacks like dump offs. So I don't know. I don't think it's going to be a super big deal. I see some people saying Nikhil Harry is going to be Calvin Benjamin. Like, I don't see that happening. Also, Cam Newton was always worse when Cam- Calvin Benjamin was on the field. 
So you don't want him to treat him like Kelvin Benjamin. Um, and he's not a burner like Ted Ginn, where Cam Newton excelled the most. And then Cam Newton was injured all of last year. So there's a lot of question marks. The Patriots are obviously more enticing now than they were. But no one is jumping up the board for me. I think in terms of the Patriots, defense probably makes them a little better too because you'd imagine they have the ball a little longer now. Um, but, yeah, I think Cam – where would you draft Cam Newton in a, in a fantasy draft? Well, I don't want to give a round because I pick late. But if I'm talking All – right. All right. Does he finish as a QB1 I this probably, year? If he, play, if, he plays, take, if he plays a whole year, does he finish as a QB1? I think he'll end around like 10 to 15. I'd take a shot on him once like the first nine or ten quarterbacks – like, if maybe I'll take, like, a Carson once if he falls to, like, round 10 or something like that. But if I wait on QBs and, like, 10 or so QBs go, then maybe I'll take a shot on Cam. Yeah, I'll take Cam over, like, like people who you know aren't going to have super high ceilings, like Jimmy Garoppolo. Like, I'm taking like Cam Kirk Cousins. Yeah. So, speaking of ADPs, seamless transition, what? Um, Especially we, when you announce it. We have, we have a game called Would You Rather? And I'm going to give the Twins each a shot at someone they would rather take that's in a similar ADP range. For example, um, Melvin Gordon, 34, or Le'Veon Bell is one that we're going to get to later. I, I, won't, I, I won't say it now. Um, but that's like an example of what we're talking about. So uh, let's get it started here with this segment. And let's start with the number one pick. Because one out of every 12 or one out of every 10 people that are listening to this Odds are they're going to have the number one pick. So, with that being said, Saquon Barkley versus Christian McCaffrey. Who are you taking with the number one pick? Jason, let's start with you. Yes. <laughs> well, you have to make your choice. You can't just say yes. Well, I mean, there's, yes. there is no That's going wrong with either. It's a question. Yes. I answer yes to questions, Tim. <laughs> the answer is, I'm sorry, people who like hot takes, but Christian McCaffrey. Um, I went back to when Teddy Bridgewater was a quarterback for the Saints last season, and in those four games that Kamara played in, he averaged 19.75 PPR points per game. Latavius Murray had 32 PPR points in the game that Kamara missed. Bridgewater is a weak arm. He's going to continue to utilize CMC. CMC played in the most passing snaps per game for running backs last season. He averaged eight targets while Barkley averaged five. CMC doesn't have injury worries where Barkley does. CMC has a higher floor and ceiling. Luke Keekly retired. The Panthers' D isn't very good. Now they brought in Matt Rule, who's an offensive coach, where Baylor and Temple both sucked under under his tutelage in the first year. The answer is Christian McCaffrey. Uh, and you're forgetting one of the most important parts. You know my motto, baby: follow the money. They just gave him that extension. They're not gonna they're not gonna save him for anything. Let's just put it that way. Michael, are you taking Christian McCaffrey? Are you taking Saquon Barkley with the number one overall pick? Look, man, it's just this question pisses me off because if you're not taking Christian McCaffrey, you're just buying, you're just trying to be that cool guy who's not taking the the clear number one pick because you want to be the the guy who's like, see, I told you Saquon was going to be better in case Saquon does end better. But let's be real, man. McCaffrey had almost 1,400 rushing yards, over 110 receptions, and a thousand receiving yards. <laughs> the guy was an abs- it was absolutely ridiculous. Like, he literally was, like, RB1 and wide receiver 2 in your lineup every single week. It honestly makes me a little sad that he's even in the league because he kind of, like, a little bit of it, he ruins fantasy leagues. 
Like, he's a cheat code. You have a running back one and wide receiver two, and just because you get the luck of the draw the first pick, you have that person on your team the rest of the year? It is quite the quite the ability to draft Christian McCaffrey first overall. If you choose Saquon, you're an idiot. I don't care if Saquon goes for 4,000 yards and 25 touchdowns. Christian McCaffrey is the clear number one pick this year. All right, Michael, if I could look into the future and tell you Barkley's going 4,025, who are you taking first? Kamara. <laughs> I was going to say, I mean, Alvin yes. Kamara has to be in the uh, – I mean, he's not going to go number one because of last year and his injury issues, but I think he's in the conversation. It's not very – um, it's not very often where you're going to look at the top two picks and say both of these teams are probably going to suck this year. Um, each one has a brand new head coach. Each one has a brand new offensive coordinator. And you don't know what is going to happen in their offensive schemes. It's very rare that those two guys are who we're talking about for the number one pick. So a guy like Zeke, who's in an offense where you know what's going to happen, although they had some, of, they lost pieces on their offensive line. And a guy like Alvin Kamara, who you know what's going to happen, even though Drew Brees is a million trillion years old, and he has his own controversy that he's dealing with this offseason. I feel like those guys might come into play, but ah, it's interesting. You got to go CMC at this point. You got to go CMC. You got you to take the cheat code. All right. So with the number one pick, the consensus is CMC. Let's go a little harder. Let's go. Wow. I was just swinging something around and it broke. It scared the crap out of me. It just hit me. All right. Um, Julio Jones, or who whose ADP is at 14 right now, or Devontae Adams, whose ADP is at 11 overall right now. Which one would you rather take? Michael, let's start off with you. No. If we're answering yes or no to these questions, my answer is no. I don't know how you guys don't, like, how, how you could say no to Devontae Adams. Like, you guys hate Devontae Adams for no reason whatsoever. All right. What are you talking about? Yeah. Y'all are haters on Devontae Adams. Damn, we were just making a yes-no joke. We, we discussed that we were just going to say yes or no to your questions no matter what. Well, it's stupid. You're you're taking way too much away from the no, implication of our yes and no. Really, though, I'm saying no because I don't want either at ADP. So that's what I meant by no. Look, Julio, Julio Jones is Julio Jones, right? But he's 31. His yards per reception have dropped. Each of the last four years, he seems to be playing through injuries all the time now. His yards per target were a career low last year. At some point, the wheels are going to come off a little bit. And it's been a downtrend from Julio. It's been a downtrend from like wide receiver one to wide receiver two to wide receiver three because he's that ridiculously good overall. But at some point, the wheels are going to come off and it's he's been on a downtrend. So I don't want him as my first player in a draft this year. And for Devontae Adams, dude. As good as he's been, he has one 1,000-yard season ever in his career. Like, that's not perennial first-round pick production. I, I think you have, you, have to, to, you have to remember, though, like, you have to – it's a little deceiving because last year he got injured. He was well on his way to a 1,000-yard season. Well, that's what and I'm the saying. Year before, like, and the years before be, that, he had Jordy Nelson, who was taking – who was the number one receiver. But if you're going to be the perennial top-five wide receiver, end of the first-round, early second-round guy – you also need to be the guy who's going to stay healthy and be consistent. Like, this guy has won 1,000-yard season in a career over five years. And that's not something I want to spend the first-round pick on. If he plays all 16 games, will he be very good? Yes. But his yards per reception were also down last year as Aaron Rodgers starts to play like more of a bitch and just doesn't throw it on field as much. So I'd be a, a little worried if Devontae Adams was my first pick as well. So both of these guys... 
I'd rather pass on and take a shot on a guy like Miles Sanders in the first round. You gotta, you gotta think. But so. if I had to choose between them, I'd likely lean Julio at oh. this point. For Adams, though, you you have to think though that Aaron Rodgers is gonna throw to him about seventy-seven times a game, roughly seventy-seven thousand times per game. But that's what we said yes last year, and he did. And then he was, and then he missed a bunch of the season. He's literally played one full season one time ever. Even yeah, but even that game that he, he that he went down in, he was already lighting up the fantasy world. Well, when I mean, he, he can do it. I don't doubt that. If he plays 16 games, he's going to live up to the ADP. But he's literally done it once in six years. I'm actually surprised by Michael's answer. I was expecting a fight here because I think Julio is my answer too. And a lot of it has to do with what Michael said. I was going to lead off with, I should have made the bet that Devontae Adams isn't going to pass 1,000 yards last season instead of the year before. Because I would have won that bet five out of six times in my life. But you guys won it the one year that he didn't. Devontae Adams has age on his side, but not durability. Rodgers is 36. Ryan is 35. So Julio has the younger quarterback, if that means anything. Uh, Ryan still isn't afraid to throw it down the field. Aaron Rodgers is a baby back. I'd rather have Matt Ryan this year than Aaron Rodgers. I think that's stupid. No, I agree. I'm telling you, Aaron Rodgers is going to come back with a vengeance this year. Dark horse, I don't know, I don't know dark horse so, MVP we're, candidate. We're getting so many arguments this year about your dumbass Aaron Rodgers is hungry argument. Why? Because it's dumb. What do you think of this is Madden? Like that shit matters. Like they're what not think, just. What do you think this, this is, is Madden? Madden? Yeah, you don't just <laughs> stop diminishing because you're hungry. You know what? This year I want to be really good again. Well, too bad you're 36, <laughs> and your skills have been diminishing for uh, years. That's stupid because when you get comfortable and you're a veteran and you've been good, you get comfortable. Now you lose your comfort and you start working harder again, and yeah, you become better. That's what happens to people. That's not something that's never happened not NFL before. NFL quarterback. What do you mean not NFL quarterbacks? Yes, NFL quarterbacks. How many NFL quarterbacks have gotten worse? like three or four years in a row and then got hungry and became a beast again. You, I mean, you, how many had got a first-round quarterback drafted behind them? How about Brett Favre when Aaron Rodgers was, was drafted? He had a beast year that year. Hey, Brett Favre also wasn't a scrub at that point in his Yo, career. Yo, you got you to gotta be kidding me calling Aaron Rodgers a scrub. Aaron Rodgers hasn't really been that good for a while now. This guy had two interceptions last year. Anyway, go ahead, Jason, continue. Because he's a baby back bitch. Go ahead, I'm Jason. Done. Continue. It's, it's Julio Jones. We spent too much time. The answer to this is clearly Devontae Adams, and you're both bugging. All right, let's go to the next one. Um, I expected a fight from Michael. I'm not gonna lie. Well, you're getting a fight from me because the fact that you think Julio Jones and you got Calvin Ridley. Let's not forget, Calvin Ridley is about to explode. Yeah, this that'll is, this take is some attention year. away. Devontae Adams is the only person on that offense. What about the running backs? What about him? You don't need a safety up top to defend running backs. Yeah, Aaron Jones had like five games last year where he didn't even have like three or seven. What about the fact that he was the only option on last year's team and he still beasted when he played? Oh, my God. Tim, how many times do we have to say? We're not saying Devontae Adams is going to be bad. Jason just just, always hurt. Jason, I'm I'm countering your point. What are you talking about? I'm countering your point. I just prefer Julio to Adams. We both do. Well, you're wrong, and let's move Google's on. Julio's going to play 14 <laughs> games, half of them hurt. Adams is going to play nine games. 
I don't know what gives you this impression that Devontae Adams is is super not durable. He's played one full season ever. Two out of six game two out of six seasons in his career has played at least fifteen games. And what are the other what do the other game counts look like? I don't have those written down. I some cliff notes over here for the podcast, kid. And then the other years were thirteen, fourteen, and twelve. And guess what? He never reached a thousand yards. He had Jordy. Boom. He Roasted. had Jordy Nelson and Randall Cobb on his on his team. Don't tell me that has nothing to do with the injuries, dude. If you're talking about Jordy Nelson and Randall Cobb, what what? You're talking about Patrick Mahomes versus Kirk Cousins. That's the difference of Aaron Rodgers right now. Yeah, man. Stop denying the fact that Aaron Rodgers is nowhere near his MVP caliber self anymore. You don't need to be the MVP in order to do. And I I I disagree. I think that you guys are gonna be. I think that Aaron Rodgers is a dark horse MVP candidate this year. I really oh, do. Oh, he's hungry. My bad. <laughs> I Yo, I, I it it. It really blows my mind that you guys aren't even considering that as an option, as if it doesn't exist, as if I'm making up a story, as if no one's ever been It's basically a made-up story, As if no one's been ever been pushed by the guy behind them before ever in life. Like, that's legitimately a a storyline every year. Every year. Anyway, let's move on. Um, This this one's really interesting. This one's... You know, I'm going to say that for all of these. Um, we got a running back battle of two guys who are pass catching and running machines, both of whom are assuming a starting role in a backfield that they assume to be the main backfield piece. Miles Sanders at the ADP of 22 and Austin Eckler, a Brodo favorite, at the ADP of 23. I'm going to let Jason go first because you're now not gonna let I'm gonna time. let Jason go first I'm the host get out of here yeah it was my turn well whatever now I'm gonna let Jason go first Jason to discuss <laughs> our FFPC uh his yours and his FFPC pros versus Joe's dynasty league yeah Michael's not allowed to be involved we we named it Brodo so if he says ours it's because you know he's part of the part of the Brodo umbrella umbrella so I'm gonna talk about it now all right so we joined the pros versus Joe's dynasty league so um they're only chosen two- we were chosen. Sorry. Um, <laughs> I, myself, personally, although Tim is a part of the team. What do you mean you are you personally? What was the name? It's Jason Petropolis. <laughs> it's, no, it's not. It's BrotoFantasy.com. No, it's my name. You need an expert to get chosen. I was the expert chosen. It's true. Really? Yeah. Damn, I kind of feel slighted now. <laughs> One of 24 in the world. Um, so it's a dynasty league. Tight end premium, meaning one and a half points per catch. PPR as well. Um, and we moved and dealed and swindled and squealed. Um, we put up a poll about one of our trades and it was an iffy response. But if you look at the trades that are happening right now, you would think we made the steal of the century. We because did. right now people we are did. trading fifth round picks for firsts next year. Meanwhile, we traded our first in the rookie draft next year for two seconds, essentially. So it's basically it's been going on for three days. It's a slow draft. And we made all our picks on the first day because we had four top 18 picks because that's how your boys do it. While everyone else tries to stack up on imaginary players, and years later, we stack up on studs right away. And we had the eighth, sixth, um, 14th, and 15th picks or something of that sort. Uh, We went with George Kittle sixth because he's 27 in a Kyle Shanahan offense. He just got an extension. Garoppolo is around for a bit, uh, tight end premium. So we're chilling with George Kittle for years to come. Gotta love it. We had him in FFPC leagues last year, and it was great. Miles Sanders after, who we'll talk about soon. 
and then Clyde Edwards Hilaire and uh Chris Godwin. Boom. Okay. Boom. We're gonna talk about this a lot more. I didn't expect Michael to throw this at me right yeah. now, but we're gonna talk about this a lot more in future pods. We're also gonna we're, we're also Michael. gonna go in depth into the first round on Patreon. Uh, patreon.com slash Brodo Fantasy if you want to hear more about it. But the reason why we're bringing it up now is because Miles Sanders, we picked him over Austin Eckler, um, Jason and I. So, Jason, uh, so obviously you probably prefer Miles Sanders. But, this, but, but we're, we're talking about redraft here. So, yeah, in a dynasty, I think Miles Sanders is the obvious choice. But in a redraft where you're doing this for just one year, um, this is a much closer This is a much closer competition, as you can tell by the ADP, 22 to 23. So, Jason, um, Miles Sanders or Austin Eckler? Uh, Miles Sanders in my taste. Um, if you look at the last eight games last year when Miles Sanders was the lead back for the Eagles, he averaged 14.36 PPR points per game. Austin Eckler in the same span averaged 14.71. So super close, but Miles Sanders was a rookie on a team he never played on before. He was just getting into a larger role. So a little more impressive there. After week four last season, Austin Eckler had zero games of double-digit rushes. Miles Sanders had seven. We also know who Miles Sanders' quarterback is. Carson Wentz is a good quarterback. He's not going to run much unless he's scrambling. He's a decent scrambler, but he's not going to be a running quarterback. Austin Eckler has Tyrod Taylor, who might steal some rushes from him or let other teams stack the box, and possibly Justin Herbert, who some people thought were was a third-round, fifth, fourth, fifth-round value quarterback. So Miles Sanders is my guy. Before Austin Eckler, 179 rushes for 818 yards last year. More importantly, 50 catches on 63 targets for 509 yards, six total TDs. That is a stud, and that's a rookie player on a team that likes to uh, share the rock. Now it's just him, Corey Clement, and Boston Scott in that backfield with Elijah Holyfield as a dark horse kind of a bruiser type back. Um, this might be the first time, and you know. I never like to bank on first times, but I think that when you're looking at Doug Peterson, he wants a workhorse back. When Jordan Howard was down, uh, Miles Sanders was a workhorse back, and I really think that Miles Sanders is going to be a great player this year. I agree with Jason, Miles Sanders. Michael, you have historically been the biggest Eckler guy of the bunch, so tell us, how do you feel, Austin? I mean, Miles Sanders or Austin Eckler? Yeah, I almost like said torture. Miles Austin. Shout out to fucking 2009. It's like torture for me because, man, I love Austin Eckler, and Miles Sanders has grown on me a lot from the beginning of the offseason. 1,306 as a rookie is honestly unreal. Like, that's better than Christian McCaffrey's numbers. And like you said, Doug Peterson is traditionally used in RBBC, but the reason there was a discount on Christian McCaffrey's sophomore year was because an RBBC was coming with C.J. Anderson. That's why you were able to get McCaffrey late first, early second, and McCaffrey completely blew that out of the water because he was that good. If Miles Sanders is the same thing this year, he has top two, top three overall potential, especially in PPR leagues because he's involved in the passing game. So if I really had to choose between the two, I'd choose Miles Sanders at this point. But you know how much I love me some Austin Eckler, too. I mean, this guy caught 92 passes at 1,500 yards and 11 touchdowns. It's just the changing quarterback, which is why I prefer Sanders at this point. People were taking C.J. Anderson like sixth round that year. Pretty yeah, cool. that was hilarious. We told everyone that year that was so dumb. Yeah, that we did. Yo, is it just me or am I looking like jacked in this thing? 
fucking urgh. every time Tim loves looking <laughs> at himself. I do. It's nice. It's like uh, I've been working out, so it's it's making me feel good. Um, I lifted my shirt to itch my back, and every single time Tim sees minor Jason's like stomach or chest or something, he makes some crazy statement. It's because yo, these guys are my brothers. They've been working out. They look good. I'm not gonna act like they don't look good. They could use a haircut, but. That's because Born there's no barbers open right now. Yeah, but they, they look good. And I'm like, yo, let's see. Like, show me your abs. And they're like, no, that's not weird. You're my brother. Show me your goddamn abs. What's wrong with you? <laughs> weird. <laughs> no, it's not. Here, here are my abs. Hey, yo. Who needs a six-pack when you got the whole case? That's what I say. Um, Let's go me over. Have, me and Jason have not disagreed yet. I don't like this. We didn't know our answers coming into this. Good, because this one might... Be a little bit more of a disagreement. Uh, one up and coming tight end, and one tight end that uh, that is um, falling a little bit in terms of where you thought of him. Both in what seem to be timeshares this year, but both are going to be the lion's share of those timeshares. We got at ADP thirty seven, Mark Andrews, and at ADP thirty eight, one pick later, Zach Ertz. So let's start with you, Michael. Are you taking Mark Andrews? Or are you taking Zach Ertz? I'm taking Zach Ertz. <clears throat> Here's why. I think we might, maybe me and Jason will disagree here, but let's see. Most people think Mark Andrews has this path to exploding this year, right? Because of what he did last year. He played less than half the snaps, but he saw the fifth most targets of all tight ends. He had the most deep targets of all tight ends, and he had the most touchdowns of all tight ends while playing on one of the most hyper-efficient passing offenses that we've seen our entire lives. They were dead last in pass attempts per game, and Lamar Jackson ended with 35 passing touchdowns. Will can he will he play more snaps this year? Likely yes. Will he score 10 touchdowns again? Probably not. That's a lot of touchdowns. Will he receive the fifth most targets again? All these questions about all, everybody who's saying Mark Andrews is going to break out this year is saying it because of his snap count last year. But I don't really think that matters because he was getting targeted so much last year when he was on the field. I don't think his role in that offense is going to change much. Marquise Brown is back now uh, and healthy. They drafted DeVernay in the fourth. They drafted J.K. Dobbins in the third. They're still going to be a run-first team. Like, we're talking about a run-first offense that was super hyper-efficient through the air last year. Will that continue into this year? I don't see it happening. Like, the Ravens' passing offense was just... Like, you don't see a quarterback throw 35 touchdowns on his little attempts as Lamar Jackson last year. Like, there was multiple games where he threw, like, four touchdowns on less than 25 to 30 attempts. Like, that is not something that happens often. So I think the hype on Mark Andrews has to chill out a little bit because I don't see this explosion with Lamar Jackson and that Ravens offense is as it is. I mean, while Zach Ertz did Zach Ertz things last year, 88 receptions, 916 yards, six touchdowns in 15 games, he should still be once his favorite target this year. Now, they didn't really address the wide receiver position much in the offseason. Just Jalen Rager, who honestly is going to stretch the field and open things up more for Zach Ertz. Like, it's better that he has an actual outside weapon there. Who knows when Alshon Jeffrey's going to return? Dallas Goddard is great, but he, they, they both play on the field all the time. Miles Sanders will get his work. But Zach Ertz should still be the main target. And he's just the safer pick. Like, if you want to take the upside in Mark Andrews, I don't blame you, but I think Zach Ertz ends as a higher fantasy tight end than Mark Andrews this year. 
What about the fact that they got rid of Hurst? And on the other hand, you have Dallas Goddard, who's going to be on the field with Ertz. Yeah, I don't think the loss of Hurst matters much. The dude hardly played anyways. He got the most snaps, though, of all the tight ends. There is but something to be said about that. Like, I'm, I'm sure Mark Andrews will be on the field more, but who says that's not just going to be more times on the field to run block? Like, how... Or is Nick Boyle going to out-snap Mark Andrews? Like, I just don't see Hayden Hurst leaving as that big of a boon, especially when they added, like, J.K. Dobbins and DeVernay, and now Marquise Brown is healthy again, too. So it's just, I don't see Mark Andrews having as many opportunities. Well, maybe not as many opportunities. I just don't see him as being as efficient as he was last year because he was ridiculously efficient. Jason, you know Mark Andrews was my baby last year. You know I told everyone to draft him, and I was very happy when people did. Um... So you know I'm probably leaning towards Mark Andrews here. How are you leaning? I expected a fight here with Michael today, and we are not getting one. Who are you, Martin Luther King? <laughs> yeah. Something like you're about no. to say, I have a dream. Uh, that was the Full score, Abraham Lincoln. Oh, 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 oh. No, uh, I agree. It was, it, was, it was historical figure. It was definitely a historical figure. Yeah, I don't know why I did it, but I did it. Uh, Michael said a lot about Jack Hurd, so I'll just add a little bit. Five of Urch's six double-digit target games last season actually came after week eight. Um, the Eagles have no one else to throw to. Lamar Jackson was a crazy efficient last season, second in true throw value. I think that's going to drop this season. We haven't seen him do it. We've seen him do it one time, and last year was a crazy year for the Ravens. And even if Goddard does get more work, there isn't much talent around in Philly. So Urch and Goddard can both be decent, and Goddard's not going to jump Urch as the number one tight end. Also, Mark Andrews caught a touchdown last season once every 6.4 targets to him, which is absurd. Uh, it's always possible that he gets more volume and then he just becomes a crazy stud. But at the moment, I'm leaning Zach Ertz. Um, I, I, I'm, I, I bet it's you like guys... The new shiny toy versus the well-oiled toy that's a ton of fun, but it's a little boring. Yeah, right? It's like one's like a Rector set and one's like... Uh... Like Jack Urge is the Rector set, and then Mark Andrews is like the like PS4 or PS5 or whatever. But yeah, but like I feel like Mark Andrews can have a better year, but not be as good in fantasy. If that makes sense, like I think he could have the a better year on the field and be more of a a force on the field, but still not be as good of a fantasy player as he was last year. I could definitely see that too, but I just I just think it's nuts that like this ADP is fantasy pros half PPR ADP. Like 37th overall, that's right at the end of the third round in the yeah. beginning of the fourth. Like, you're going to spend a third-round pick on Mark Andrews? I'm not. I mean, if I'm on the turn and I have two running backs and a, and a stud wide receiver, I could see myself picking Mark Andrews there at, the at like, turn mm. the turn on the fourth. It's a third round. That's four players. Well, yeah. If you get, yeah, like, like a, the turn on the fourth. You have the 12. Maybe you get, like, a, I don't know, a Derrick Henry. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. Or like Austin if you have Hitler and then like Robert Woods and Mark Andrews. Right, something like that. So like I would I think that Andrews finishes better than Ertz, but I think the hype is a little too high on um on Mark Andrews a little bit this year. All right, let's go to this one. Two um guys who have been historically like if this was 2015 we'd be talking about them as possibly the number 1 pick, but both in situations where we are not sure about exactly how they're going to be used. Melvin Gordon, his ADP is 34th overall, versus Le'Veon Bell, his ADP is 39th overall. Jason, let's start with you. I'm going to keep this one simple. 
Le'Veon Bell. Preach! Because we don't know about Melvin Gordon. We don't know what his role is. We don't know how much Philip Lindsay will play. We don't know how much Royce Freeman will play. We don't know if Drew Locke is good. We don't know if Drew Locke is going to keep defenses from stacking the box. We don't know if Melvin Gordon, it seems like it is, it's just a volume-based back. If he's not getting that work, he's not as valuable. All these question marks about Melvin Gordon, and people are taking him based on what he's done with volume in his career. Meanwhile, Le'Veon Bell is sitting there on an underrated offense with a revamped offensive line, and he had a decent season last year considering he sat out a whole season, and Sam Darnold had mono for four games. And Nick and Nate Foles, what was his name? Nick Foles? Nick Foles? Fails. Hey, David fails. David fails. Someone <laughs> picks sixes every three seconds. Epic fails. I'm taking Le'Veon Bell easily, honestly. I'm going to just work right on top of that and say this question just pissed me off. The fact that Melvin Gordon has a higher ADP than Le'Veon Bell shows why we win <laughs> fantasy football. Because the fact that people draft Melvin Gordon, people want, again, this is like the shiny new toy type thing, except we know who Melvin Gordon is. He's an inefficient runner, first of all. Like, he's averaged less than four yards per carry every single season except one in his career. He's always been buoyed by touchdowns. And now he's going to a new team where they already have Philip Lindsay, who's shown that he's very good. So is Melvin Gordon going to be a three-down back, or is he going to split work 65, 35, 60, 40 with Philip Lindsay? And meanwhile, Le'Veon Bell has who? Well, Michael P. Ryan and 975-year-old Frank Gore behind him. It's, yeah, it's, I mean, it's just so simple for me. Le'Veon Bell's going to get 20 to 25 touches a game on an offense that was – they were over – the Jets were over 500 last year with Sam Darnold as their quarterback. People are just so mistaken when they talk about the Jets thinking that they're like this trash team. Like, people were shocked today. There's a bootleg fantasy uh, we follow on Twitter tweeted about, like, the, uh, the odds – uh, for winning the AFC East, and people were saying it's funny that Miami's behind the Jets. Like, if you think Miami's going to have a better record than the New York Jets this year, you need to, like, get your eyes checked because that is 100% not going to happen. The Jets are a lot better than people think, and Le'Veon Bell is going to be the main player in that offense. Like, the Broncos have Cortland Sutton. They have Noah Fant. They just drafted Jerry Judy and K.J. Hamler. The Jets have Brashad Perriman, Right? Like, and Jamison Crowder. Like, Le'Veon Bell is going to be the main guy in that offense. And his ADP is a joke right now. He should be going way higher. He should be a second-round pick, in my opinion, easily. I think you also have to remember that the Jets completely... When you say revamped the offensive line, they had a historically bad offensive line last year to the point where it was, um, like, historically bad. Like, it, it, And Sam Darnold is younger than Joe Burrow, man. Like, he's been playing he's had bad games yes but he's been playing well overall and has made some ridiculous throws at such a young age and people who have given up on him already i i just don't know what to tell them yeah i mean i think we're on the same boat here i think uh i mean we're jets fans everyone who's listening probably knows that already so you know we do have a little bit of a bias i guess towards the jets but at the same time we watch every jet game we watch it closely um those those that offensive line was terrible, and when you say revamped offensive line, it, it it's something to be said about the fact that every single starter on the offensive line will be different this year. And when you think about that, 
it, it's a it's a big giant difference. And if you look at Le'Veon Bell's numbers, he had 66 receptions last year with an average of seven yards per catch. You compare that to his last two seasons with the Steelers, 75 catches, 85 catches with 8.2 yards per catch and 7.7 yards per catch. He's not that far off from those numbers, and he produced those numbers with exceptional offensive lines. So if he could produce the numbers that he produced last year with a historically bad offensive line, with an improved offense, an improved offensive line, I think Le'Veon Bell is in a, is in a situation where if you can get him with the 39th pick overall, which is the end of the third round, um, that's phenomenal. And Crazy. that's another reason why I think having an early pick is such an advantage this year. Like, say you have the fourth pick and you're able to get Kamara, and then in the second round, you you could get like an Austin Eckler. He's even been falling that far. Or if you want to take a receiver, get like a Chris Godwin or a Julio Jones or DeAndre Hopkins. Those wide receivers are falling right now too. And then Le'Veon Bell in the third round, like it's honestly like a dream start. Um. All right. So we're on Bell on that one. Let's go to a little bit of a harder one here. Um, two guys that had some injury woes uh, the past couple of years. James Conner is going 47th overall in terms of ADP. And David Johnson, the recently traded David Johnson, going 49th overall um, in ADP. Jason, let's start with you. Who do you prefer, James Conner at 47 or David Johnson at 49? Did we start with you last time, Jason? You went, you went out of order, man. Oh, sorry. My- Michael for announcing that he's going to go. <laughs> Michael, go ahead. You think I was mad about last round? This round, I'm even more upset. Why? This is, good, this is my favorite about, one. We're talking about a young, super effective one healthy running back, getting his quarterback back, still lined up to be the starter, versus an older, four years in a row ineffective running back, excuse me, three years in a row ineffective running back, joining a new team, that has not had much running back success in the past. Like, this is such a no-brainer for me. It's mind-blowing. Like, I'm taking James Conner over David Johnson every single day of the week. If Big Ben is healthy, we know that the Pittsburgh Steelers running back is basically top five overall every single year. Le'Veon Bell, Rashard Mendenhall, D'Angelo Williams, James Conner, it doesn't matter who. They're going to be a first-round value. If James Conner was guaranteed to play 16 games, he would be a first-round pick this year. And then we have David Johnson, who is getting hurt just as often as James Conner is, except when he's on the field, he's not as good and is just completely ineffective and is joining a team that just hasn't been good for fantasy running backs. So why would anyone in their right mind choose David Johnson because of this pipe dream that he's going to return to some form that he was in in 2016? Michael, I... I'm going to have to disagree with you on the fact that David Johnson's not good when he's healthy. He had 1,400 yards and 10 touchdowns two years ago in a offense that ran the ball up the middle more than any other offense in the league. Since 2016, he has not been anywhere near the same. You heard what I said, though. Four, four, back. Okay, I don't care. He was 14,000 total, 1,400 total yards and 10 touchdowns. Maybe the offense ran through him that year despite the fact that he wasn't very good. You don't put any any stock into the fact that they traded DeAndre Hopkins for him. They gave him a contract extension. Like, follow the money, bro. Follow the money. I don't care about the the money when it comes to fantasy value. James Conner is the better gamble in the fourth round. Jason, what do you think? 
I mean, historically, taking a running back in the fourth, fifth round is not the best idea because that's when you reach for running backs. But if you're going to reach for a running back, it should be James Conner, not David Johnson. Uh, James Conner's best season was 2018, and he was only a couple touchdowns better than David Johnson. Like, he wasn't that much better than David Johnson in 2018. Like, he He was was better, don't get me wrong. And he's younger. He's a rookie, no? He was also no twenty seven. That was a second year. He was a second year player. Right. Look, I like both of these guys. I think they're both steals at the ADP, and I, I think I prefer James Conner. In fact, but I'm just I'm just playing devil's advocate. Jason, are you agreeing with Michael again? I agree. Yeah. Conner also averaged four and a half yards per carry in 2018, though. Yeah, he did. I agree for the reasons that Michael stated. James Conner at this point in his career is the better runner, and I just. When I look at the Texans offense and I look at David Johnson and what he did the last couple of years, Lamar Miller just shouts out at me. He's going to have the Lamar Miller role and he's probably not going to be very much more effective because at this point it sucks because he's still a young running back, but he's been hurt a lot. Let me jump in real quick. In 2018, James Conner had 43 less rush attempts and 33 more rushing yards. Okay. He was on a much he was on a much better team with a much better offensive line. Saying that's a big difference, though. That's also the same thing this year, though. Better offense, better offensive line. Not necessarily. The Texans' offensive line has improved significantly since then. Debatable. And there's no one to take away attention. Who's in Houston? It's a bunch of people who got injured. Hey, right, Brandon Cooks, Will Fuller. It's injury prone guys. Maybe JJ Walker play some tight end. That'd be fun. All right, let's go to our next matchup. This one, I'm giving you guys three people. So if you agree on this one, I think it's it's rigged. Dak Prescott going 48th overall. Russell Wilson going 61st overall. Or Kyler Murray going 59th overall. Jason, go ahead. I put them in order for you, Tim. My order is Prescott, Murray, Wilson. Oh, Subject to change. 48, 48 overall, though. 48. Divided by 12. Oh, that's supposed to be picking based on value? I'm just saying, who would you rather have it? Yeah. Who would you rather have it there ADP? Oh, I mean, they're all pretty similar ADP, though. So if I'm taking a quarterback at this point, I want it to be Dak Prescott. Tell us why. But I'm probably not going to have any of them on my team this year. I mean, if if you're choosing between these three, if you look at their fantasy points last season, Prescott had 349 points, Wilson 334, Murray 298. If you look at the rushing yards, it's completely flipped. Murray's 544, Wilson's 342, Prescott's 277. And Prescott and Russell Wilson are two similar runners. They're not like really runners, but they're going to run. And they're going to give you – Dak Prescott's going to score some touchdowns. He's going to have some rushing yards. And Kyler Murray, who knows if he's going to run more this season. Uh, 544 rushing yards is a lot. They got DeAndre Hopkins. Maybe he's going to throw him the ball more. And Dak Prescott's team added CeeDee Lamb. And added Mike McCarthy, a quarter, a coach who last time he was coaching, utilized three wide receiver sets more than anyone on earth. And their offensive line is worse. So they have Amari Cooper, Michael Gallup, CeeDee Lamb. Dak Prescott was the best player last season, even with the least rushing yards of the bunch. He has the best weapons around him, arguably, with D-Hop in Arizona now. And the off- a new coach who's going to use all three of them. And an offensive line that got worse. Meaning possibly less work for Zeke. Dak's the answer. Michael? It's 
Dak for safety, uh, Murray for upside, and Wilson if you're dumb. Those are those are my votes for the three. Look, Dak, he is clearly the safe pick because he is locked and loaded as a top five QB. Like he's been underappreciated every single year in the league. Like last year's ADP was around QB ten, and everyone knew that that was stupid. Like literally everyone knew Dak Prescott should not be going that late. Finally, his ADP is more in line with his actual production. So he's locked and loaded as a top five QB. If you draft him, you know he's going to be great. Kyler Murray, on the other hand, he was a, uh, I think he ended his QB somewhere between 10 and 15 last year as a rookie. Just under 4,000 passing yards, 500 rushing yards. If you buy into Kyler Murray, you're buying into this sophomore explosion that we've seen out of Carson Wentz, Patrick Mahomes, and others. If he's fully acclimated into the Kingsbury system, if he, uh, if he takes on the, he he just took an uh, DeAndre Hopkins. If he's able to get DeAndre Hopkins the ball downfield, spread the ball around, use his legs a ton, and just simply take a step up from his rookie campaign, where we saw him struggle at times as a rookie, he has like top two overall potential with Patrick Mahomes there. If he rushes for six seven hundred yards, throws for forty two to forty five hundred yards, and throws a bunch of touchdowns, but there's also a chance he doesn't take that big of a step up. The Cliff Kingsbury offense, like the Chip Kelly offense years ago, isn't this revolutionary offense, and the, they just struggle again this year. And Kyler Murray remains a viable QB1 option, just unspectacular. So that's what, you're, that's what you have to decide when you're taking Kyler Murray. And then Russell Wilson, I mean, he's still stuck with Schottenheimer as his offensive coordinator. There's still going to be a run-first team, wasting away one of the best quarterbacks of the century. So... Sure, he's going to have games where he puts up 35 fantasy points. He's also going to have games where he puts up 11 and 12. I don't want that out of my redraft quarterback. I want a quarterback who's actually going to be very good all the time, or I'm just going to stream. Like, I don't want Russell Wilson getting me 12 points a game seven times a year because of Brian Schottenheimer. Yeah, I think Brian Schottenheimer needs to be said here. Um, that's why I'm not picking Wilson. I'm not picking Prescott Prescott because I'm not taking a quarterback in the fifth round. Um, I got to go Murray here. I think he has the most upside. I think that um, when you give a guy DeAndre Hopkins on top of a, a fantastic rookie year um, for a, again, a head coach that traded away last year's first round pick for him to draft him number one overall, um, Kyler Murray is the center of this offense. Kyler Murray is going to make this offense run. I think Kyler Murray has a big breakout year, but I'm not going to have him on my team either because it's too early for quarterbacks. Um Here's a couple of teammates that are going right next to each other. Tyler Lockett at 50th, 50th overall in ADP and DK Metcalf at 54th overall ADP. Michael, who are you taking? Here we go, Tim. You thought I was angry about Bell. You thought I was angry about Connor and DJ. Man, am I furious about Lockett and Metcalf. You're the one who told me to put this question in. I know. Because <laughs> the fact that Tyler Lockett... We're talking about a 5'10", often injured speed threat who has won 1,000-yard receiving season in his career compared to a 6'4", 23-year-old sophomore who just put up 907 in a rookie campaign despite a limited route tree. What? Like, Lockett... Literally, Metcalf literally just went 907 as a rookie. 
literally just putting up Tyler Lockett numbers, like Tyler Lockett's average numbers throughout his career is basically DK Metcalf as a rookie. Tyler Lockett's always hurt. He finally, last year, for the first time in his life, played 16 games. And then Metcalf out-targeted Tyler Lockett from Week 10 on last season and was the main target during the postseason. Like, what? look at Tyler Lockett and look at DK Metcalf, just the human specimens on the field. Which guy do you think is going to be better? This is just completely mind-boggling to me. Like, the 6'4 crazy athletic freak or the 5'10 guy who's a little faster? He might not be even a little faster. No, this is absolutely... I will bet... Um, I will bet hundreds of dollars this year if people want to take me up on it that Metcalf is way better than Tyler Lockett. Yeah, Tim was saying Metcalf's probably faster than Lockett. Oh, yeah, Metcalf might even be faster than Lockett. Exactly. He's just skinnier and smaller and could fit through crevices better. So, uh, Michael is a little iffy on his pick, obviously. So, Jason, who do you pick? <laughs> I agree, man. It's kind of boring that we're not arguing. I mean, we're arguing at you, so it's not boring. I'm, I'm the host of this shindig. I make, it, I make it work. Lockett had 110 targets last season. Metcalf had 100 in his rookie season. If you told me right now they were going to have the same amount of targets, who would you pick? Metcalf, 100%. Exactly. And Lockett only beat him by 10 last season in his rookie year. Lockett had eight touchdowns. Metcalf had seven. We're probably at eight if he saw those 10 extra targets. The thing is, Lockett disappeared for weeks. This guy was a useless specimen for weeks. DK Metcalf... But at least catch a few passes every week. He molded with Russell Wilson, and you could rely on him as a reliable target every week. The answer, though, is both. Because Russell Wilson, true value king. I want someone who's going to get 100 to 120 targets from Russell Wilson. And I like both as options this season. But Metcalf. (laughs) <laughs> like yo, honestly, in the I drafted in a FSGA draft earlier this week on behalf of FFPC, and that was a ton of fun, by the way. Like Michael on Sirius XM, he was on Sirius XM. Michael Fabiano was the host. I drafted against Andy Barons, Dan Harris, a bunch of other big time guys in the industry. It was a ton of fun. I got it was a fourteen team league, and I got Tyler Lockett, excuse me, DK Metcalf in the fifth round, eighth, and Tyler Lockett went early fourth. Like, that is absolutely absurd to me. Just absolutely absurd. Michael out here fucking shitting on the big boys, huh? Wait, who are you, 50 Cent? After his Columbia Records deal? You guys are too white to understand what the fuck I'm talking about. All right. absurd. Let's go to the next one. Jason, I know what you're going to pick here. This one might split you guys. Cam Akers at 72 ADP or Kareem Hunt at 76. Who starts this one, Michael? I do. Jason. Jason. We all know Yo. you are um, Come on, mildly in love with Cam Akers, so tell us why Yo. you prefer him. <laughs> one of these guys is the starter. One of these guys is the backup. One of these guys doesn't need an injury to become a star. One of these guys needs an injury to become a star. One of these guys is a good person. One of these guys is a bad person. One of these guys is on a great offense for fantasy purposes. One of these guys is on a good offense for fantasy purposes. One of these guys has a proven talent. Has Sean McVay, where Todd Gurley's been killing it for running backs. One of these guys, not so much. I really don't like. 
Dude, the guy in front of Cream Hunt is going in the first round. Cam Akers is it's so obvious. Literally, like Kareem Hunt is James White. Cam Akers could be Aaron Jones. James White has finished as RB one in PPR leagues before. Oh no. I'm I'm a huge fan of Kareem Hunt at ADP. But the answer here is Cam Akers. Oh my god. Like, what the fuck is wrong with you guys? Are you drafting the potential RB one in a Sean McVay offense where we've seen literally number one overall player potential? Or are you going to draft the guy who's splitting a backfield in, with the Cleveland Browns? Like, that that's what you have to decide. But with that being said, I still love Kareem Hunt at ADP, and you should absolutely draft him at ADP, especially in PPR leagues. I actually drafted him in the fourth round in the FSGA league that we were talking about because running backs were going at a premium. And in a PPR league, this guy averaged over 10 points a game uh, once he joined the Browns last year. And that was never playing with the Browns before and missing the entire first half of the season. He averaged more points than Nick Chubb in PPR leagues. I think he could be like an Austin Eckler light version this year where, sure, he only gets like five to eight carries a game, but he could catch six to seven balls a game and be really effective out of the backfield that way. Like, let's not forget how ridiculously good Kareem Hunt is just as a football player in general. So if I'm I'm choosing between the two, I'm taking Cam Akers just because of the situation, and Cam Akers is also a very good player. He just, we haven't seen him on the field yet. There is some risk, but we know Nick Chubb is going to get a ton of work. And Vegas has Nick Chubb with the best odds at leading the league in rushing. Like Nick Chubb is going to get a lot of rushing work. I just don't like to lean on people who are undefined for me. Like Cam Akers has the higher ceiling, but his role is undefined right now. You don't no, know if he's. No, it's not. It is. I mean, that's, it's a fair argument, though. It's a. It, he's, he's got the first a. Pick that the Rams took this year. Sure, but Daryl Henderson has just as high of a draft capital. Malcolm Brown has a lot no, of experience. Henderson was a third round pick. Akers was a second. You're right. Pick. You're right. You're right. You're right. And was right. the first, but he notably the first pick in the draft. They didn't have a first round pick, and they took Cam Akers as their first pick, although it was in the second round. So I mean. It's just his role is just not defined yet. As Kareem Hunt, now it's a role that you would rather him not be in. You'd rather him be the starter, but at least it's a defined role. We know that over 50% of the snaps last year involved two running back sets. They're going to involve two running back sets. They're going to want to make it easier for Baker. And not only that, the Browns significantly upgraded their offensive line this year, both through free agency and through the draft. So I, I think... I think I'd rather go with the with the like the guy I know what I'm getting from. It's absurd. Although absurd. I do like I do like this this fifth sixth round. That's where I like to take my giant shots. So maybe I do like them both at ADP. Maybe yeah. I think I think you can go with either one of these guys and you can be all right with it. All right, last one. This That's reminds it. me of the year where I took Kareem Hunt way above ADP and then he broke the world open. Um. Yeah, you did. You were you were all about that. Um. Last one. Evan Ingram at 71, Tyler Higby at 73. Who are we starting with? I forgot. Michael. Michael. Evan Ingram. This one, Higby. again, I guess these these last two really bring back the FSGA draft I was a part of because I had the option in the eighth round, Evan Ingram or Tyler Higby, and I went Evan Ingram. Uh, excuse me. I went Tyler Higby. 
Way to mess up the one thing. <laughs> Look, Ingram, Ingram is rookie year, put up 700 yards, six touchdowns. That is not easy to do as a rookie. We've seen rookie tight ends really suck. And he's been on a per-game basis even better each of the last two years. But that's a problem. It's been better on a per-game basis because the dude cannot stay healthy. And the Giants just have a ton of mouths to feed. They have a new young, a young quarterback, Daniel Jones, relatively new still. Saquon out of the backfield. They have Shepard and Tate out wide. And who's the other receiver I'm, I'm missing? Slayton? Shepard, Tate, and Slayton, who was a stud last year as a fifth-round pick. So it's like, do I want that guy or Tyler Higby, who literally became Travis Kelsey at the end of the year last year? Like, you do not accidentally put up 100-yard games over and over and over and end as the tight end one overall by 20 points over the last five weeks by accident. Like, the Rams clearly realized, wow, this guy is really good when we use him. We're going to have to start using him. They started using 12 personnel a bunch more and had Higby on the field all game with Robert Woods. They led their team win targets. Like, Higby started seeing eight-plus targets a game at that point. Why wouldn't you bet on that? Like, I understand it's a small sample size. It's one half of one season. But Higby's also in what? His third year, is it? Was that his third year last year? Titans take time to to uh, to build. And even if fourth, that was his fourth year, even if Gerald Everett steals some snaps, they're going to be on the field together at times too. And Gerald Everett has had his opportunities and has never had – nearly as good of games as Higby had at the end of last season. So I'm all aboard the Tyler Higby train, and I love him at ADP. Um, Jason, how are you feeling about Ingram versus Higby? <sighs> it's a sweep, baby! Clean sweep, we agree. The answer is Tyler Higby. These these ADPs are like three, one to three picks apart. Like, How do you guys so consistent? Uh, yeah, honestly, I didn't expect to agree with Michael all the way. But look. It's simple sometimes. Evan Ingram's career games played 11, 8, and 6. Evan Ingram's best career season, 7, 22, and 6. His rookie season. Tyler Higby last year, 7, 34, and 3. And he barely even started playing until the end of the year. The upside is there with Tyler Higby. Um, they got rid of Brandon Cook, so there's less weapons there. Jared Goff, Daniel Jones might end up being better, but he's a better quarterback right now. All, I just want to say, Michael better hope that Tyler Higby wasn't just a flash in the pan because he's really touting this you-don't-just-set-tight-end-records-if-you're-not-good story here. But I agree, Tyler Higby. You don't have the best stretch in you tight end history. You just said it. <laughs> Accidentally. It doesn't happen. He just said it, Tim. He turned into Travis Kelsey. Basically. Do your job, host. <laughs> Um, if you have a player who turns into Travis Kelsey, you're going to say, go sit on the bench. We have a guy who's been playing like Gerald Everett. Literally, Gerald Everett's been playing like Gerald Everett his entire career. Gerald Everett. We're going to sit him on the bench for Tyler Higby, who basically turned into Travis Kelsey. No. Turn I don't want to hear it. You know what else I say, man? Follow the money. They gave the man $15 million guaranteed when he was the backup for a reason. They knew Follow what they were the getting. Um, the people who were like, but uh, I'm forgetting his name. Uh, Gerald, but Gerald Everett, he's still on the team. Blah, 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 blah. Uh, shut up. That is not a Whatever. reason. Like, Congrats, yeah. Gerald Everett's on the team. So? Yeah, okay. And since Wh when was anyone afraid of Gerald Everett? <laughs> it's like, all yeah, right. Like, I don't care that Gerald Everett 
was drafted around higher than Tyler Higby if Tyler Higby's better. Like, we've seen Philip Lindsay played over Royce Freeman as a rookie. Freeman was a second or third round pick, and Philip Lindsay was a UDFA. Team players, excuse me, coaches play the players that are the best for that team. And Tyler Higby clearly showed that that's him. He was a better run blocker and a better receiver than Gerald Everett last year. Why would that change? It's it's kind of like like saying like oh but the Vikings the Vikings have you know Stefan it's not even it's not even like that I can't even I can't even say it I can't even say it because I was gonna say Adam Thielen like well the, but the Vikings have Ola Bissy Johnson like all right that's cool Adam Thielen is still Adam Thielen it's it's, it's gonna yeah. it's, it's gonna be like that it's gonna be it's gonna be the better guy and I think Tyler Higby is is one of the guys. I, I might feel as strongly as uh, drafting Tyler Higby this year as I did on drafting Mark Andrews last year, but I may, maybe not. Maybe not. Maybe I'm going a little overboard. Um, that's it for this. That, 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 that's all, folks. Would you rather? Uh, Michael and Jason obviously colluded on this one. Um, I'm I'm really disappointed in them. Um, I don't know what to say. Like uh, you're ruining the. This might be the, the show. first time ever, and the first time going forward, like in all of history of Brodo for as long as this goes on that we agree on 10 would you rathers with ADPs all within like three of each other. It's, it's a little ridiculous. It's, it's, it's beyond <laughs> ridiculous, including the fact that you guys all put the three quarterbacks in the same order as well. It's ridiculous. Yeah, yeah basically. I made this list and I thought like, yo, this is going to be a good one. There's a lot of hard hard decisions here. The only one I was like, they're both going to go Le'Veon Bell. I'm pretty sure about that. Yeah. The rest of them, I thought their guys were going to be split. But I guess I was wrong. Um if you want to ask us more of these questions, you could find us on Twitter at Broto Fantasy. Um, you can find us at BrotoFantasy.com. Michael, where can they find you? At Broto FF Mike. Jason? At Broto FFG. What? At Broto FFG. At Broto FFJ. What's so confusing about that? Right, come on. Because I can't tell what you're saying. At Broto FFJ. And you can find me at Broto FF Tim. See what we did there. Um, also, Follow us, I said already, at BrotoFantasy.com, Patreon.com slash BrotoFantasy. Um, we're about to record the second episode right now, so if you want two episodes this week, um, you know what? What else you got to do? School's out. The what else you got to do, player? Pandemic's on. People, they don't wear masks, so they got to close down shit for some reason. And they, call, and they call the people who wear masks sheep as if they're not listening to propaganda for the reasons they're not wearing masks. It doesn't make sense Don't bring to down. Don't bring it down. If you're not making, if you're not, no, 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 because they, you know what? I got a platform. I got to use it. If you're not wearing a not mask, yet. suck Screw it. that. Go in, go wear a mask. You know, when you're outside, it's a different story. When you're outside, you know, take the mask off. It's fine. Just distance. You're going to be all right outside. But if you're inside, you're in a fucking store, wear a goddamn mask. What's wrong with you? Why? Why not? What is, is the CO2? Is it too much for you? You know, if you think that's the too much CO2, you're going to get a real kick out of this thing I like to call climate change. <laughs> it's it's, it's going to blow your mind. Climate change? I barely know. <laughs> Listen, wear a mask. That's all I got to say. Peace out. Later. Later.